Welcome to Happy Hour with the Pasternaks. This podcast is for dream chasers who want to make positive changes, rise above the status quo, and take their marriage, family, and business from surviving to thriving. I don't know about you guys, but the reason we wanted to do a happy hour podcast show is whenever we get to that 3 p.m., 4 p.m. window of the day, it's just hard to get that pep back in your step to finish the day up. And I, whether it's when I'm with the kids or whether I'm working, I just need a little bit of something to get me through the rest of my day. And so a lot of times I'll put on a podcast and do the dishes or we'll pop a bottle of wine. So we just, we want to be a part of your happy hour routine. We're about to open some very fine Pinot. Very fine Pinot. Very fine Pinot. (laughs) We are wine lovers, wannabe connoisseurs. (laughs) We act like we know what we're talking about. And we know a little bit. We know a little bit. We know a little bit. But today we've got one of our favorites from Anaba. Pretty sure it's just a small family vineyard in In Sonoma. Sonoma. But they have one of the most playful Pinot Noirs. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean it. You've got to taste it and you'll see what I mean. Mark always tries to describe our wines and it just cracks me up. So today for our happy hour, we're drinking... 2018 Anaba Pinot Noir from Wildcat Mountain Vineyard. Check it out. Here's to happy hour, everyone. So if you haven't picked up on it yet, I'm Mark. I'm Nicole. And we are the Pasternaks. That's us. We have four kids, Amelia, who's seven, Ruthie, who's six, Elizabeth, who's three, and Joey, who's nine months. We love wine, obviously. Obviously. We love food. We love traveling. Any excuse to celebrate. We're all about celebrating life because life is too short not to. We love working together. We love being outside and taking adventures. And we love running marathons together. And half marathons. So we met through Mark's older brothers. Mark's older brothers tried to set us up, but Mark said that he could find his own girlfriend and he didn't want to date me or any of my friends. Listen, I am the youngest of four boys. Okay, I can prove my own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Use that as your excuse. (laughs) (laughs) So after about a year of my brothers trying to set me up, we ended up five dates in one weekend because we had like mutual friend groups, right? And it just so happened that this one weekend, it was like Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, and Sunday. We all just randomly had things that we were at the same room in. We were there. We were in the same room. (laughs) (laughs) No, we had these things where we kept ending up in the same place at the same time. And like, for example we were supposed to do breakfast with a bunch of friends on Saturday morning, but everybody else canceled. And we were like, well, we'll still do breakfast. So we had a breakfast date without even really planning it. I didn't even think anything of it at that point. It was just like, okay, cool. Let's, you know. Yeah, let's let's go go to breakfast. I think on like the fifth date on Sunday, we're at a local restaurant called North Star on Earth Day. And they had free North Star burgers. And I think that's when I realized like sitting across the table from me, I'm like, I told my brothers for a year I would not date you. And now I'm on my fifth date with you this weekend. Wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) So that following week, Mark finally asked me on a real date. And from that moment on, I think we both knew it was meant to be. 
Um, Mark had this whole setup for our first date. He had disposable cameras for each of us and we took pictures and we shared a bottle of wine and a really nice dinner. We even had a whiskey flight with dessert. It was great. It was solid. And that definitely sold both of us, I think. Five months later, we got engaged. <laughs> 10 months later, we were married because when you know, you know, it really, it's as simple as that. We both had been in relationships before and tried really hard to make them work. But when Mark and I started dating, all the pieces just fit into place and it felt so easy. It was like each of us were running individually and then we looked over and someone was running with us. That's a great way to put it. Thanks. I love that. So it's like super notebooky. Storybook. Like. Super notebooky. <laughs> Mark's very into rom-coms, I if mean, you can tell. I, I was I was very in love and found love where I didn't expect it. Now that's cliche. <laughs> he found love in a hopeless place. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think is what he was trying to say. <laughs> but then we had kids. Everybody just take a drink real quick. Mark, Maybe Mark and I just need to drink because it was a lot. Where it got it a little rocky. Got a little hard there for a while. I didn't know if we'd survive it, honestly. <laughs> I don't know if we did survive it, really. <laughs> well, we're on the other side of it now. We, we made it through. But I'm an only child, so I grew up knowing that I wanted a bigger family. I always saw people with all their siblings. And from the outside looking in, it looked like so much fun. Yeah, and I'm the youngest of four boys. So for me, like a big chaotic family was supernatural. I knew I wanted to have kids right away. I took a little, a lot of convincing. <laughs> but eventually I won. Obviously. So we got married young and we had kids young. And going into parenting, I thought it was going to be this magical experience. I was just going to have this sweet little baby that I loved so much and everything would fall into place. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Not what happened. Not what no. happened. I had Amelia and pretty much everything that could go wrong went wrong. It was a long, miserable two-day labor. I was exhausted. She was exhausted. Mark was exhausted. Maybe Mark was the most exhausted. I think like Amelia came literally within 10 minutes. I fell asleep for like 12 hours. And then they tried to have Mark cut the umbilical cord, but he, he wouldn't even wake up. <laughs> That's how tired we all were. So breastfeeding was a struggle from the start. We had every issue imaginable. It just like thing on top of thing kept piling up. Amelia never slept. Never slept. <laughs> like I think we slept on our couch, like in our family room. I just remember the like Christmas lights. Right so over Amelia, the <laughs> Amelia was born just after Thanksgiving. So we had put up our Christmas decorations before she was born, knowing that we were going to have a baby. And I think we left up our Christmas decorations. And Probably about April. <laughs> it probably was till April. And we just, we slept on the couch because if we weren't holding Amelia, she wasn't sleeping. And if she wasn't sleeping, she was crying. And we had no idea what to do. No. Now, side note, it's not recommended apparently to sleep on your couch with your baby. But we <laughs> truly, we just had no idea what to do. Postpartum depression set in with all of these challenges. And neither one of us felt like ourselves at all. And all at the same time, I'm trying to start a business and grow my business. And that meant I was traveling back and forth between Nashville and Columbus at least every week. 
Now, I don't know if you've been a new mom before anyone out there, but the thought of your husband leaving you for like four days at a time with your screaming newborn who never sleeps is pretty much the worst thing imaginable. Even one day is a lot. It was so hard. But wait, it's not over yet. So by the time we took down the Christmas lights in (laughs) April, (laughs) we found out that we were pregnant again. And we were surprised with our sweet little girl, Ruthie, 14 months after having Amelia. And while our girls are truly, they're amazing. They are the- She's great. Ruthie is the smiliest, happiest, loving girl. She's the girl who comes into my room every morning and cuddles me and goes, Mommy, can I give you a back rub? Because you work so hard for our family. Or I felt sick this morning, right? And she like goes up and gets me medicine and fills up my water and just like rubs my back. And so sweet. <laughs> our girls truly, they are the light of our life. But while they are so wonderful, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> parenting just really pushes you out of your comfort zone and makes you face who you really are. We spent three years just in the thick of it, trying to survive, reacting to all the chaos with a little room for ourselves, our goals, or just any possibility other than sleeping with Amelia on our couch. (laughs) Just making it through the day. That's really all we were trying to do. So kind of in the midst of this, I started my photography business as something to do just to get out of the house. Like I didn't really have, I had a passion for it, but I didn't really have a big goal or dream or anything. It was just like, I need to do something outside of changing diapers. But it really was a turning point in our lives where we started to see things outside of just having kids. It gave us the perspective to see the bigger picture and helped us refine where we really wanted to go. But I was still traveling every, almost single week, probably every other week. But even if I was home, I was working at least 80 hours. Like It just felt like I was living at work. And let me remind you, at this point, I have two kids under two that I'm taking care of all day, every day. It was a lot. So clearly, we weren't on the same page. I think we have like a funny, I don't know what you call it, but like she would call me. I wouldn't pick up at work. She'd call (laughs) me again. She'd call me again. I wouldn't pick up. And she'd text me, text me, text me, call, call, text, voicemail. You knew it was bad if it got to voicemail. You knew, like, Mark probably was like, I'm not coming home tonight. I'm going to go out for a networking event or something because things are not going well at home. (laughs) So clearly we were not on the same page. And we laugh about it now, but like... But it was hard. It was really hard. And I got to just a breaking point of understanding, like, okay, if I'm going to prioritize this marriage, if this marriage is even going to work, something has to change. Like, I have to make a change. I needed to find a way that I could be involved in my family's day-to-day life and run a successful business, right? I got to a point where I just realized I was doing neither one, right? I was at work stressing about my family and my kids, and then I was at home, and I was worried about work. So I was never present in our relationship and in our family. And because of that... My business wasn't thriving. It wasn't even surviving at that point. I got our family into $120,000 of debt, and Nicole didn't even know. I had no idea. 
And I think that's when we realized we needed to stop reacting to life and be proactive in creating a life we love. I can vividly remember sitting on our front porch of our first home and telling Mark that I believe in you and I trust you, but you have three months to make money in this business or you need to go get a real job. And that was a hard conversation to have. Like, yeah, no doubt about it. It's uncomfortable, right? Like there is just a lot we didn't communicate about. As uncomfortable as it was, it got us on the same page. It got us aligned into what our goals were and what we wanted for our life. And even though we probably couldn't have thought about 10, 20 year goals, it was like we went from living by the hour to living by three months. Like at least we could think of three months. Huge step for us. So being in alignment with each other allowed me to really focus, right? To focus on my business and what I needed to achieve and to focus on my family and what we wanted to achieve with our family. And so over the next three months, it was the biggest three months of my business in in a four to five year period, those three months, to the extent that I was able to pay off all of the debt that we had. All at the same time, Nicole was hitting her stride in her business. It was making enough money to support our entire family. Wow, I took time to really rebuild and restructure my business. So two years into that, we had our third precious little girl, Elizabeth. And before she was born, we both did a lot of personal work on ourselves to prepare for a new baby. Because the last time we did this whole new baby thing, it was really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. There's a reason there was a three-year space between Ruthie and Elizabeth. We really needed to work some things out. So we plan time for ourselves and each other to keep fulfilling our basic needs and striving after our shared vision, even in the midst of welcoming a new baby into our family. And man, was she the best baby She ever. was the sweetest baby. She was an angel. Like she never cried. Nothing could upset her. She slept like a dream. She just really set the stage for us thriving in our life instead of just surviving. Now, I think it's a mix between she was an easy baby, but we also did a lot of self-discovery yeah. to understand like what our basic needs were, what our goals and dreams were when we had her. So because she was so easy and we pre-planned a lot, she gave us the confidence to start pursuing our bigger goals and dreams. That same year, Mark started training for ultra marathons. And for those of you who aren't completely insane, that's when people run anything over a traditional marathon. So a lot of times it's like a hundred mile races. Yeah, let's go. Like running. I think say not to do it. <laughs> running for 100 miles. But even like amidst all this, we were at a place where Mark could take a six night trip to a 240 mile race in Moab. And we ran a marathon together that year. Because of our shared vision, Mark was able to rework his business so that he could work less and make more money. He built a multiple six-figure business where he was only working two to three days a week. And now, most days, he's done by four, Mark's cooking dinner, and we've opened up a bottle of wine to share. Yeah, that's the life. It's awesome. It's a 180 degree difference. Very different from where we were. From where we were. But because we had that shared vision, we knew how much time we wanted to spend inside of our businesses, right? So when we looked at Nicole's business, we knew how many weekends we wanted her to be away, right? We knew how many nights we wanted her to be away. 
what this did was push Nicole to automate her business, right? And that allowed her to scale and grow without a lot of that extra stress and without having to work every night and every weekend. Now Nicole's business makes our dream of traveling more of a reality because her income alone supports our five vacations a year. And in 2021, we had our sweet baby boy, Joey, and our lives, (laughs) Jolly Joey, and our lives have just continued to get better. With baby number four, we knew how to plan, we knew how to prep, and we knew how to keep our life going instead of letting everything come to a grinding halt. Yeah, we really created systems and processes, and it's not that Joey wasn't hard. There's a couple months of... (laughs) He was pretty hard, actually, at the beginning. But we had systems, you know, we had, we understood. A plan in place. We knew what we were going to do, even if he was a hard baby. So it was still hard, but now we have tools. Yes. That we didn't have before. So we're just at a whole new place in our marriage, in our family, and in our multiple businesses now, where we are really living our dreams every day. We're saving $100,000 a year. We're taking multiple vacations. We live in a house that we love. Our family functions smoothly for no, the most part. Most of the time. <laughs> we, we still have some bumps in the road. <laughs> As everybody does. But we have a lot more quality time together. And I think this is something that I really cherish, especially with three daughters. Like, I think I'm spending more time with Nicole, which is amazing. But I also get to spend a lot of one-on-one time with all of my children. And we also both have more personal time too, I'd say. Absolutely. Like both of us are prioritizing exercising or just taking time for ourselves or spending time with friends or anything that just makes us come alive. And so this is really a gift and a gift that we want to share with more people. We want to help everyone realize their dreams and live a life where they are thriving every day. It took us being in a really hard situation to align our goals and start thriving, but our hope for you is that you don't have to hit rock bottom to thrive. That doesn't mean it's not messy. We still have plenty of bad days. We still fight. Our house isn't always perfect, but as a whole, we have systems and processes in our marriage, family, and businesses that help us to thrive, not simply survive. Oh yeah, man. I remember... That conversation on our front porch, it was just like, it's, you know, like you have these memories where it's like, man, that felt like yesterday. I just remember you calling me out, out of love, obviously, but just like, okay, you've got to get your act together or go get a real job. And I was like, what's a real job? How do I do that? (laughs) Like I was a hustler and as like I grew up like selling Skittles on the school bus, working at graders, (laughs) tossing newspapers, you know, being a waiter. And I was like, man, do I like the go be a waiter in the evenings, you know? So it's like, and I was like, listen, if you got to go be a waiter to make some money, go do it. You got to like, something has to change. So it was enough motivation for me to be like, okay, what do I need to do? And what I figured out was like, oh, I need to put some systems and processes in place, not just in my business, but in my own personal life. And to realize like, how can I hack the system? Right. How can I do small changes that make a really big impact? And I just remember like the first three things that we did that just transformed our life was the dishes every night, was aligning our Google calendars so we could really see how we're spending time like separately and together, but we could just be in alignment with that and saving buckets, saving buckets for me was one of the most powerful things because like, especially as a man, 
You know, we've got this like, all right, I, you know, I got to take care of my woman and take care of my family, which is, I get it. <laughs> like, you, you got it. But like, you know, there, there's just a lot around that. And so being $120,000 in debt, I didn't tell Nicole for probably like a year or so. Yeah, so I had no idea. That was a big conversation. More on that later, I'm sure. But, you know, it, it really took us out of that debt, out of the mindset of like, just spinning the wheels and, and, and paying a bunch of money and thinking things are going to get better to wait a second. Let's like, you know, let's stop the bleeding and let's start doing automated savings. So no matter what we are saving a little bit every single month. And now after a couple of years of that, it's got to a place where we are saving a hundred thousand dollars every year. We're not in debt. And so if any of these strategies resonate with you or you want to learn more about them, Head over to thepastornax.com slash thriving for our three strategies that will transform your life, that will take you from surviving to thriving. Catch you next time.